going to start off today's episode a little bit different than uh, than normal. Uh, welcome in, everyone, to the Return of the Roar podcast. Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli. Uh, we're recording here on a Tuesday, the Tuesday after Memorial Day. Uh, it's always great to come off a three-day weekend. You know, you start to feel them vibes, them good vibes. Uh, over the weekend on Sunday, we... We uh, golfed with with our good buddy I Matt. Think we've Boogie, had Matt uh, on the podcast, Matt Boogie George, multiple times, a couple times, um, and yeah, we went out golfing to beautiful uh, Whitney. Whitney, nope. what is it? No, uh, I always say Whitney. L- Lincoln Hills. Lincoln Hills. I'm sorry, Lincoln I get Hills. My yeah, nice neighborhoods. Confused. It was a solid, uh, fresh, crisp 102 degrees that Oof, day. Yeah, yeah, we were burning, burning up out there. Uh, we weren't. So yeah, bur- we're starting off with we some also, golf talk. We weren't burning up the fairways. I mean, no. We no, were, we were not. We it were was not a rough day for putting. Ways. I definitely, uh, I definitely felt humbled. Matt beat us. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm ashamed. I, don't, I might actually edit that out. I don't want people knowing that. No, I mean it's look. We, <laughs> we didn't, we didn't play up to our. Uh, we didn't play yeah, up to par. I'm sorry. We, we no let down intended. all our fans. Hey, no, no pun intended. I like that. Uh, I, I like do, that. I do have to say, uh, for how you feeling today? I feel good, man. Can I say also this? I don't mean to brag or boast, but we, we're coming off our, our most listened to episodes. So yes. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Play the applau- applause. 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 Applausing right now. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah, we're, thanks, guys. It's uh, greatly appreciated. Not that, uh, you know. Well, I have to say, I'm, that's great and all. I'm not, I'm not feeling great. You're today. not feeling great. Wow. No. I'm sorry. This is literally the only episode where I haven't started off by asking you, no. how are you doing today? But it's fine because I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, last night, my, my girlfriend and I, we, we ordered some uh, Popeyes on mm. Postmates. Love that chicken Yummy, right? Great stuff. Uh, well, we ordered that around 645. It got mm. to my house at 915. Wow. Uh, freezing cold. Oh. Missing some biscuits. Missing warmth. Missing... Ice in the lemonade. It was Bruh. just frozen, just just lemonade water. And uh, well, she was up all night getting sick. I have a like I have like a I have a Popeyes hangover right now. Like my head is just pounding. Like it feels <laughs> like it feels like I've been drinking all night or something. It just it it really <laughs> pop. Like, I don't even know what to say. Right? It's not. Even, it's, <laughs> not, not it's, it's not even Popeyes fault I was though. On it's it's Postmates' fault. So I'm wanting to ask like you and anyone else out there who's listening. What is like the premier food ordering app? Because I'm not going to be using po- uh, Postmates again. Um, you know, it's funny. I was actually thinking about this the other day because I don't order from like Postmates and DoorDash and all That's that right. very often, mainly because I don't like the delivery fee. And my answer to this is going to be a relatively smart ass answer. And it's going to be the best delivery service is yourself, Frankie. If you want some hot food, Get off your ass and go pick it up. But we're enjoying our Monday evening. Hey, bro, someone's got to bite that bullet. We're watching the finale of Mayor of Easttown. Great show, by Never the way. Heard of it. Mayor of Easttown on HBO. Great show. Watch okay. the finale. It's a good show. You might like it. It's, okay. a, who, it's a whodunit murder uh, oh. murder show, okay. uh, limited series. And uh, yeah, I, you, you can like say there was an error wow. with the order, too, which mm-hmm. uh, our friend Alex says all the time. And they actually, like, he would request, he would say every single time they bring him food. He just say something was wrong, and <laughs> they put his account on like watch, and now he can't do that anymore. So I, I, I Alex, bro, <laughs> I, he did it like every time. Everything would be there. He just put it. There, there was something missing. So I, I put there was a biscuit missing, and they gave me like back a buck fifty. A buck. I'm like, 50? what the hell? I waited three hours for this food. You forgot the biscuit, which is like the best part. 
Chicken sandwich is cold. Are you also so you're also implying that out that your girlfriend? Sorry, I don't want to. I don't know if we're throwing names out there. She's that, fine. that she got sick yes. from this from food. cold. Uh, cold chi- she got the chicken strips and got them scripts. She she uh, yep she up chucked those. Those were <laughs> those uh, didn't stay in the system. No, long. and uh, she had to work today though. What a trooper, shout out Popeyes, man. Shout out Popeyes, I mean, great man. food. Well, it's not Popeyes. If, tip. I don't want to slander Popeye. It's Postmates. I have issues with Popeye's commercials. Why? <laughs> You're ruining our chance to get sponsored I, by Popeye's. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't enjoy. I'll just say that they. I don't enjoy people singing for chicken. Okay. I mean, I I get that. I guess. I get that. It's it's wild. I it's get pretty that. wild. <laughs> Every time I see it, I'm just like, man, they're really doing like, this, relax. aren't they? Like, relax. Hey, man. You know, yeah. They, Popeyes chicken sandwich is a bomb. The they chicken's fire. I chicken's out that, of control. I want to try that from uh, try that but, frozen uh, lemonade. Popeyes it, commercials got to chill. They will. It's all right. I just want to. I just wanted to make that known. I, I think uh, to like I'm. It's like my uh, announcement day. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm. 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 Got the uh, the Grubhub app. Uh, Hat in front of me, DoorDash. Oh, yep. The hat in front of me. Yep. I think I'm I'm gonna pick in Uber Eats. No, <laughs> Uber Eats. All those hats are in front of me. I think I'm going with with uh, with DoorDash though. I really? think I'm, I'm putting that hat on. I'm I'm gonna Ooh, be. He's a dasher. I'm now. committing. I'm committing to DoorDash. Wow. I'll be using their uh, service. This is now big on. now. Frank's a very big uh, out eater. I eater out. No, I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, no. no. Frank's in great shape. We okay. just we we just we order out on weekends usually like one day yeah. per weekend. Girlfriend's and also a great cook, if I'm not she's mistaken. She's a good cook, correct? but sometimes yeah. we want to have we want to yeah. have some fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. And now this morning, you know, we were just thinking, <laughs> get may- some Popeyes. You know, <laughs> you just maybe. Wanna, yeah, you know? maybe we can't do it anymore. Maybe uh, I don't know. But uh, DoorDash, what's up? Love uh, some off season podcasts, man. This is this is a lot funner to me than talking about why the Kings are losing seven out well, of ten. Well, since we're on the subject, uh, one of the reasons why we are losing is probably our depth at the uh, the power forward position, which this week yeah. we will be breaking down the power forward position for the Kings. Last week we did the center positions. Make sure you check that out. Rashawn Holmes, uh, Hassan Whiteside, Kings legend, and Damian Jones. We broke them down last week. Um, this week, looking at our friend Mo Harkless, Chemezi Metu, and Marvin Bagley the third at the power forward spots. Uh, I know that some of you out there might be thinking Mo Harkless is technically a small forward, but we have a lot of people we, we have to go through each week, and we don't want to have five people for small forward and three for or two for power forward. Uh, also, statistically, Mo Harkless did play about fifty percent of his time at the power forward position this year until Harrison Barnes got hurt anyway. So, um, Chris, just off the bat. How'd you feel about our depth at the small forward position this year? Power. Did you or power forward? Did you like power? Power? <laughs> did you like uh, the depth? Uh, is that kind of a stupid question? If you like the depth, or I mean, <laughs> just what's your main takeaway from Bagley, Matu, and Harkless this year at this power forward position? Yeah, it's. Inter- I feel like wasn't it? I could be mistaken. I feel like maybe as soon as like three or four years ago, we used to have a, a problem where we had just. Endless bigs. Wasn't it J, uh, like JT, Chuck Hayes? Uh, I feel like even more recent. I mean, yes, definitely. I mean, DeMarcus, we, you know. We, that was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But okay. also, like, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I remember we had Willie and Scal and Zebo and uh, I can't, I really can't remember. I've, I've locked a lot of those years out, but I could be mistaken. Point is, uh, the, that 
just kind of continued this year where it's like we come into the season and our bigs are Rashawn, Hassan Whiteside, and Mar- Marvin Bagley. Yep. Those were that was it. That was it. That was it. And, Can't really and Nemanja Bielitsa. Yeah, and then like I think we knew though that Bielitsa because again, if Bielitsa was still on the Kings, he obviously would be included in this mm-hmm. uh, this breakdown. But uh, we we were pretty thin at the beginning of the season. Yeah. And the only move the Kings really made to upgrade their their front line was Hassan Whiteside, mm-hmm. which was kind of a baffling move. Yeah. Um, and Chemezi was brought in. I mean, we'll talk about Chemezi later, but Chemezi yeah. was brought in uh, pretty early in the season, right? He wasn't brought in during training camp, I don't believe. Uh, or was it right before? They, it might have been like right before training camp. They brought camp. him in, they they released him, and they brought him back again. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't fully remember. The, I, yeah. They brought him back, and I don't think he was expected to play as much as he did. Because, I mean, he, honestly, Frank Kaminsky, if I'm not mistaken, played a lot of the preseason. Like, I don't think Chemezi even got preseason minutes uh not many and i will say this if the kings kept frank kaminsky he probably would be like our second best like power forward well that's i mean that's that's something to talk about for sure um but to answer your initial question i mean the depth was completely lacking um i was actually surprised that nemanja didn't get that many minutes to start the season i thought he gave us you know the best look um the most divert, uh, offensively diverse uh, lineup, starting lineup, and uh, he got no minutes, and that surprised me. It didn't surprise me when I really thought about it, and you know they were going to give Marvin Bagley every chance they could to have him succeed. Season played out how it did, and you know, yeah, I mean, it, well, I guess we'll start with Bagley, with, and one of the reasons why. What you know? Nothing. I was just going to say we ended up the season with neither of them. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> part of like why you said the depth, yeah. the depth was non-existent. Really, was uh, our first you know power forward here on the depth chart was Marvin Bagley the third, who, uh, I, not really a shocking revelation that he didn't play much. Didn't play eighty-two games this year. He uh, he played he played in forty-three out of the possible seventy-two. Uh, he is now combined for 82 plus, which yeah, is great. He, we finally he, uh, got over that. He has played 118 games over three seasons, which is not great. Uh, once again, for the third season in a row, Marvin had 14 points per game and seven rebounds. Uh, he did shoot 50 percent from the field. That was, you know, yeah, that's what you want from your power forward. Uh, three point shooting did improve a lot from 18 percent last year to 34 percent this year. Um, his defense still remains to be just a, a total Achilles heel for him. Uh, there were times when he looked really good out there. There were times when I thought he was playing the best basketball of his career. I, I think it was more so uh, before he got hurt initially and then right when he came back. There was a spurt when he came back where he went uh, 23 points, 9 boards, 31 points, 12 rebounds. And then uh, his last appearance against Oklahoma City before he got injured again was 13-9 uh, and nine over only 20 minutes. So um, he's a good basketball player. He's a good basketball player. Uh, the injuries are... are the only thing I think that are holding him back from being like a 17, 18, and 8 guy, it's just the numbers are there. Like, he is capable of doing that. It's just, is he capable of doing that? Uh, is he literally capable of doing that as in staying on the floor? Because the ability is there. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I'd give him a grade. It's got to be like a, a D plus, C minus. Just needs to be on the floor. We need him yeah. to play. Yeah, and everything you're speaking to is kind of – only through the offensive prism as well, because defensively he's is a whole different That's conversation for him. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if we really want to talk about his defense, but yes, I think offensively he proved that he, you know, 
it doesn't really matter how many games he plays or you know how much of a rhythm he he is in these are his numbers at his baseline this is what you're working with he's obviously still a very very young player he is is he still 20 21 i believe 21 20, i was going to say is he 22 yet 22 he just turned 22 in just march just turned 22 in march and he's one one um, year on his deal i mean people probably know he has one de- uh, year remaining on his deal before he becomes a restricted free agent yeah next summer still very very young um has the offensive tools to be Something you know, you you can you can make something of his talents and his ability, um, and this is again like we've said all year. This is him without learning, you know, being consistently in a lineup and being able to just get the rhythm of NBA basketball and figure out how he can best manipulate his game uh, to be more efficient or to, you know, improve his game. Even he hasn't really even been able to, you know, like we said, he just got a hundred games in he's, he's just figuring out what works. Um, and the only way he's going to obviously be able to improve at all is playtime. So if I had to give him a grade, it's still incomplete, but for this season, um, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a C, um, which feels which honestly feels high even because, you know, he, he – in the games he played, I will say, I'll give him a C because he did show a lot offensively. Um, by no means is he a star um, in the making. Also, I'm the- guaranteed. He can definitely be – I keep saying, you know, a Jonas Valanciunas, and we're seeing how effective Jonas Valanciunas can be for the Grizzlies in this playoff series where that fool's going to get 20 points and 17 rebounds. Yeah, like Jonas Valanciunas isn't going to be one of the first four names you think of when you think of why the Grizzlies are successful. Maybe he is. I don't know, but uh, he's not one of my, not one of my top four reasons. But um, regardless, I just think uh, Marvin has skill, has ability. It's just you know we need to see it. He needs to put it together. And uh, at the rim this season, he was pretty uh, pretty efficient at the rim. He was seventy three percent. Uh, on 182 field goal attempts. But then when you take a step, couple steps out, 3 of 10 feet on 167 attempts, Marvin shot 38%. That jump kind of half-hook shot just mm-hmm. did not work this year, more so than not. You know, when you, when, when you shoot 64 for 167 from 3 to 10 feet from the basket, I'm looking at a shot chart, and it's inside the key, it's just completely red yeah. unless it's right at the rim. And you juxtapose that with his partner, Rashawn Holmes, who has just completely figured out that area. Yeah, I mean, Rashawn's, I I have to look, but I think he he has to be in the 58, 68% range. Uh, Oh, yeah. I'd say Rashawn, most of his shots that he missed probably were, I mean, he shot almost 70% per per Mm -hmm. game. Like, he he probably missed those jumpers every once in a while, and that that hurt his, um, or missing those putbacks, but... Uh, anyways, Marvin needs to improve in that three to ten foot, you know, out into the. Obviously, he needs to be able to knock on the mid range too. But uh, being a, a post player, getting fed down there in the key, he needs to to finish those baskets. He's time and time again when he was playing, I'd see him collect the ball, puts the ball on the floor too in, in the paint, which also is kind of yeah. a, a problem with me too. Where, yes. where I think JT had a similar problem where he would put the ball down instead of just going right up with it. Um, Marvin has to put the ball on the floor every time he has it, and that's just that's something that's going to slow him down offensively. Um, so, obviously, you don't want your your power forward to be shooting thirty eight percent inside the key. Uh, three point shot did improve thirty five percent. His shot looks good too. 
Yeah, it looks a lot more smooth. My question with this three, and I'm I'm asking this to you, where do you want him taking those threes? Because to me, he seemed to take a lot from the wing, and that's obviously the longest three-point shot you can take. It's not great. Um, he also took a lot, yeah, from the top of the key. Uh, but for me, he needs to try and just get that corner three down. I know it's tough, but uh, I remember – in the in the pre-draft, the person that they compared him to relentlessly was Chris Bosh. And with Chris Bosh, the the corner three and the top of the key three completely opened his game and made, you know, everything the just a million times easier. Exactly. Just got inducted into the Hall of Fame or about to get inducted yeah, into the Hall of Fame with uh former with former with uh, fellow Chris, uh Chris Weber. Chris is I'm I'm soon to be in, I'm sure. Yeah, you're next um, up. I'll wait in twenty Your time's coming. five or something. I don't yeah. know. Um yeah, I, I think if Marvin can can figure out how to be and if he can get that pick-and-pop game down as well. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I, we, I don't think we've seen that at all from him. We also really haven't seen him as a pick-and-roll um, guy as as well. Not I'm not much. sure he's uh, he's the most effective screener either. So uh, he, I think – I don't know. There's a lot of things of Marvin's game that I don't love, but I, I'm still – Intrigued. You, it's just not – yeah. It, his game is not conducive to modern basketball for sure. But that doesn't mean that he can't still find ways to be effective. Yeah, uh, he did slip a lot of screens. That was a problem. He might have been. I mean, that's how he hurt his hand too on a screen. Was mm-hmm. he? He broke his uh, his was it pinky? I think um, a ring finger. Anyways, um, putting on more size obviously is something that he needs to do. He he did a good job of putting on more size. Uh, anyways, but. You see in De'Aaron Fox, hopefully Tyrese Halliburton is the same thing, but we have guys that need to put on a little size. Uh, have the NBA body ready because he's, he's 22 years old. He's a young guy like we talked about. Um, the shot needs to get better. It's it's progressing. Uh, 55% on two-pointers is awesome. I will take that any day of the week. Uh, 34% on three. I mean, yeah, he, his shot improved. But like we talked about, the biggest problem with Marvin isn't necessarily his ability on the floor. It's staying healthy, and I know a couple of his injuries are freak things. A couple of them are not. Uh, I believe he ended the season with, was it calf sore? I can't remember how he ended the season. Oh, it was groin, I think. It, it was a lower body injury again. Um, it was soreness. That's kind of a stuff that's a red flag to me. Uh, breaking your, your ring finger or pinky, that, that's that's a freak Brand thing that happens, yeah. and that, that's not your fault. Uh, but the, the soreness and, and having to miss the last – I think it was seven, eight games because of that. And the Kings technically were still alive in those games. They probably could have used him, uh, especially in that Memphis game they, that they almost won, which would have put them, I think, a game back with, with two left. Um, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. I have him on the floor. And uh, that brings me to my next question. Do you think he'll be back next season? That's a really, really tough question. And I think, you know, it kind of it really varies on the week that you ask me. Uh, or maybe even the, the the minute you ask me, because I I see value not value because I really don't see much value in 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 bringing him back because I don't think there's any way if he does let me just play out both situations and then we'll talk about it. So Marvin comes back next season. Let's say he, you know, and I, I was going to say this uh, to wrap up our last point. I think. What I would like to really see him do next year is take what he has done and say, I think he's done trying to prove he's an NBA player. He obviously health 
you know, set aside. He needs to try and figure out how he can best affect winning and best affect winning the game. And, you know, I, DeMarcus, for example, this sticks out. You know, DeMarcus could not really get off the ground very high. So what did he do? He became elite at taking charges. That's maybe something Marvin should look into. Marvin has the leaping ability to be a good shot blocker, I think. I mean, he can jump out the gym, and, you know, I remember his second jump was obviously a huge thing his rookie year. Um, But anyway, Marvin Bagley comes back. He scores 16 and 10. Do the Kings then re-sign him for whatever, for four years? Do you feel comfortable then with one good season? of let's say the Kings make the playoffs, make the seven seed or something like that, and Marvin's at 16 and 10, do you feel comfortable signing him to a four-year, $60 million contract then? Yeah, I think that if he comes back and plays well and he's on, he has one year and $11 million remaining on his deal, uh, I think if he plays well, it's kind of like a decision between do you try to move Harrison Barnes in the last year of his deal, which probably will be a lot easier to do if he's in the last year of his contract, and he even has – a remotely similar season next year as this year, the Kings can free up that twenty million, and that can you know allocate more funds to give to Bagley. But it all kind of rides on if Bagley comes out next year and is the player we know he or not know, but we want him to be. Um, if he comes out like you said, he averages seventeen and nine or eighteen whatever, and nine, yeah. whatever. Like has a good uh, fifteen ha- and ten. Yes, ha- we can all agree improved and had had a good season. Play, if he if he comes out and he's a good player next year and yeah. a guy that helps the Kings win, yeah, you play seventy you, games. You should keep him, but also it's 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 possible the Kings have an offer in front of them for a proven. I don't know who. Like we'd have to look into the trade market, and those are scenarios. Like sometimes people aren't even rumored and they just get moved. Uh, if there's a big proven player the Kings are looking to get, and it might take their draft pick and Marvin. Depends on who it's for, but I'd be open if it was the right deal to move him too because he is young and controllable. Uh, and that's kind of an asset. So it just depends on how, how high a stock is. From things we've read and to our knowledge, it's not that high. Uh, so that kind of goes back against the Kings, and it kind of m- makes me think he will be back next year because of that very reason that his stock is so low. And I don't think Monty McNair is going to sell low on Marvin when he can just easily go somewhere next year on the last year of his restricted contract where the team that gets him can keep him for whatever price that is offered to him. And if he plays his ass off and, like we talked about, puts up monster numbers and the Kings miss out on that, add it to the list of names the Kings have let go for nothing or, or it could be virtually nothing if his value is that low. But uh, I think you kind of have to bring him back if it's not in a, a, a blockbuster deal and see what you have in him for one year, $11 million. But it also doesn't really work out unless Buddy or Harrison are gone to free up the money because they have literally none right now. Yes, um, and I wonder, I, d- I don't know, you bring up the money, I'm not sure how the money would work, but I remember in the start of the season, something that was heavily floated around is um, a John Collins for Marvin trade. John Collins is an upcoming free agent. So in that kind of situation, it would be a sign-and-trade where essentially you know, the Hawks sign John Collins to a four-year, $80 million, whatever, X amount of dollar contract, and then trade him to the Kings for Marvin Bagley. Again, I don't know how exactly um, that contract would work out. I don't know if Buddy would have to go along with it. That would also be interesting to see Buddy and Bogey back together. And Yeah. and uh, John Collins is a restri- uh, restricted free agent this offseason. He'll get a qualifying offer, I'm sure, but 
I've seen a lot of people saying that yeah. he's not going to be a long-term fit with the Hawks, which is kind of mm-hmm. puzzling to me. But he's, I mean, he, he has a lot of the same I, – I think John Collins is the perfect person to trade for Marvin or trade be Marvin's trade partner because they kind of have similar flaws and really similar-ish offensive games. Um, I well, mean, yeah. Well, the Hawks, if they're looking to save money – Marvin is the easier. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be the thing. John as well. Collins is a, is a better player, but if you have to pay Trey Young in a couple of years, and mm-hmm. Bogey's already making seventeen million, and um, they have a couple of young guys too that are, are coming up that might like if they want to keep you know Kevin Herter and and and, and those guys, and, uh, yeah, uh, DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, yeah, those guys that have been playing mm-hmm. uh, or keep Clint Capella. I'm not sure how much time he has on his left yeah. deal, but um, you can't really afford to pay. It's kind of what the Kings are going through. You can't really afford exactly. to pay. De'Aaron, Tyrese in a few years, and, and, and Marvin all at the same time while also paying Buddy. You, you have to shed someone. Someone has to, to be the odd man out. And um, To me, that I say this all to say I think that would be the only situation in which Marvin goes. I can't really see, uh, you know, there's the obvious Marvin for Sadiq Bey uh, trade rumor that got quote-unquote leaked um, after the, the deadline. No one knows if that actually happened or if it's true, but um, that supposedly got declined. In that exact situation, sure, I'd be down to swap Sadiq Bey, who was, like I've said, like a top five rookie this year for Marvin. But in kind of any other situation, I can't really see how I would be comfortable just trading Marvin for a different asset. Yeah, like the uh, what was it? like like the T Rob and Patrick Patterson trade, kind of like how we traded Thomas Robinson, who was not going to be good, but they yeah. traded him for just another unknown and, and Patrick Patterson at the time and. I don't want to deal like that. Like I, I exactly, think, I think that Bagley for Sadiq Bay is a lot different, though. I think they have more upside than mm-hmm. either of those guys had. But yeah. um, at this point, don't I, disrespect T Rob like that. No, bro. I mean T Rob. He, he, he <laughs> Patrick he, Patterson is still playing in Patrick the league Patterson, today. He's in the playoffs with Boogie. <laughs> don't disrespect. Never. Honestly, yeah, no, no. Uh, that no. was honestly a great trade for the Kings. And I, I mean, to get Thomas Robinson, who was a journeyman and out the league in three years, for Patrick Patterson. Who flipped in the Rudy was Gay deal? Really, really like poorly used in in Sacramento. He was a good shocker. Yeah, um, you know he he had the ability. He was a stretch. He stretch had played form. with Demarcus before in college. They know how to play with each other. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously it didn't work out. But Patrick Patterson had a, uh, had a has had a decent career and yeah. was traded for Rudy Gay. And uh, yeah, that, is he a, that really is he a ten year veteran now? Patrick Patterson. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd oh, yeah. say he's a ten. Yeah, him, John Wall, and Demarcus and Eric Bledsoe all came same year. Yeah, Patrick Patterson has created a ten-year career for himself. I mean, hey, that's great, man. You get that NBA pension. I'm not sure what the ten-year pension is, but this gotta be nice. So good for you, Patrick. Uh, that also, also reminds me of the Luke and Bob Mute trade, where obviously Luke played like I think he start. He's they only played like eight games for us or something like that before being traded. To the Clippers, yeah. and then actually being important for People them. were re- really big on that deal, too. Yeah. He's a stopper. He's going to be our stopper. Yeah. And is he still playing? I don't think no, he's, he's been not, in the NBA no. for a while. But he the played, Prince? He no. played for a couple of years. But uh, any other thoughts on Bagley before we move on to Mo? Uh, obviously, it's just, we'll see what happens this offseason, but I think yeah. we both kind of have to – we're in a wait-and-see mood with him. Yeah. I think everyone, wait, wait I think and see. Everyone and, is. You know, and, and really, either result, I can live with. Yeah. Like in a – in a very okay way. All right. Next up, Mo Harkless, who uh, obviously NBA veteran. We we know him from his time with Portland. He came over in the Miami Heat deal. He was riding the bench over there. He only played in 11 games with Miami, uh, 11 minutes per game, 
four points per game, 1.2 rebounds per game. Uh, came to Sacramento, and I wouldn't say he was like a fan favorite type of player, but he was a pe- Kings fans. I think really took a took a liking to him. Uh, over 26 games, 20 starts. Luke Walton really u- utilized him a lot. He played 25 minutes per game, uh, which was the second most he's ever played in his career. Uh, seven points per game, 1.4 assists, 2.9 rebounds, uh, 1.1 steals per game. He was starting at the power forward slash small forward. Uh, kind of intermittent because HB went down and they moved him up to small forward. He was, anyways, uh, I liked what I saw from him this season. I really did. Um, he was kind of a nice Band-Aid on the Kings lineup when when HB went down and uh, Tyrese wasn't playing. He just was a guy who was productive. He played some good basketball. I think he was a player who was maybe going to be a fringe. Maybe he'd be back in the league next year. Maybe he'd go overseas. I don't know if he would have gone overseas. I'm sure he would have a contract deal out there, but... I think his time with the Kings has played his way into a like for sure legit deal in the NBA next year. I don't know if it'll be here or somewhere else, but uh, he played his ass off, man. He he played well, and uh, I enjoyed Mohawks this year. I did too. Uh, I really don't have many complaints about the things he did. Um, a lot of them were things that didn't show up on the on the stat sheet, which is a cliche, of course. But um, when you watch Mo. He he really does like do all of the little things and all the small things. He's uh, very physical. He's he's uh, really long and lengthy and and really uses that really well defensively. Um, and is a guy like we've mentioned plenty of times that you can put on the bigger wings of of the NBA, and that's something that the Kings have not. Who they had. need? Yeah, and he's they been doing really, it for a while. Really he didn't. Should he really be starting as much as he did this season? He started twenty games. No, probably not. Um, he's not really that. You know, he's he's not that young guy that he was in in Portland that we all remember. You call him old. Yeah, I mean he's where he's twenty eight now. He just turned twenty eight. Going to be twenty eight, which is I turned twenty seven in a month. You call him old. To be fair, he has been in the league since 2012, 2013. Yeah. I believe that's the Ben McLemore draft. It might even be the year before. I think it's the year before. I think that's the. T-Rob. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yes. That That's a T-Rob draft. Yeah, T-Rob draft. So, so he's been draft. in the league as long as Thomas Robinson has, um, or should have been, <laughs> I should say, uh, which is a very long time. And Mo kind of, I'm looking at his stats right now, and he's not really, he's never scored more than 10 points a game, and that was uh, when he was 23 uh, in Portland. And he was playing 28 minutes a game, which is the most that he played in his career besides this season. Uh, early in his well, year. I, I, his, he, his I was year. wrong too. Yeah. He, he played twenty five <laughs> this year. He played he played twenty six his rookie season. His rookie so season, yeah. this is the third most minutes he's played with a team though. And uh, like yeah, he he got a big opportunity, and I would say he played perfectly fine. My question with Mo would be: Can he maintain that impact with less minutes? Because like I said, he's not somebody who shows up very much on the scoreboard. So if you're not going to show up on the scoreboard, you're going to have to do a lot of things that the coach yeah. notices and really likes. He's not going to be a Harrison Barnes type of player. He he never has yeah. been. He No, uh, no, no. He's never been a – like you said, 10 is the most he's ever averaged in a season. Uh, he's not going to go out there and get you 15 and in, in, in seven rebounds mm-hmm. or whatever like, like HB can do, which is why HB is so valuable. But he's a guy that if you can come off the bench – whether it's for us or someone else, you need a stopper. Or, or a spot starter. He's a, he's a great bench piece, yeah. which is why I think that the Kings, I, I don't know if they really needed to bring him back, maybe for for money reasons, uh, with the, the Nemanja Bielitsa trade, but 
they might have had an eye on him. I mean, McNair might have had an eye on him and said, hey, this is a guy who, if we are we are technically still in the hunt here, he can help the team out. And he did. He did help them out a lot. He he would for a stretch of, like for a stretch of games, talk about playing the best basketball of your career. This has to be in the running. I know he had stints with in uh in Portland where he was doing a lot more, but uh for for that three, four game stretch, he was averaging fifteen points per game, four point seven rebounds, one point three steals, shooting forty five percent in the field and thirty nine percent from three. That is like number those numbers that are not sustainable for him. Uh, that was down the stretch too in the Kings, where where they won three of those four games uh, when they were still in the hunt, and then they lost the next three to, to Memphis and Utah. But uh, he was one of those guys down the stretch where he kept the Kings afloat. Like he himself, Terrence Davis, most of the new guys, DeLon Wright, Terrence Davis, and Mo Harkless, they kept the Kings in that hunt, which hurt their draft chances. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> in the end, those wins were fun uh, when they won five in a row, four in a row, but. Uh, Mo was a big part of that, so I I, I graded season uh, with the Kings. I gave him a B plus. Uh, three point shot didn't work as well as it has in his career. I would like to see that fall more. Forty one percent from the field wasn't great either, but he he made a good impact uh, with this roster. He also, like you said, he's a physical presence. I like to see him kind of get into it with Kate with Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Uh, I like to see him have that that, that. kind of chip on his shoulder. He did tweet. About the Heat getting swept. Did you see him put? I didn't. He put LOL the day the Bruh. minute they got swept. And is he going to stomp on their their logo? He's going to stomp on their logo. He stomped the, the Heat ba- like what a red basketball. Oh like, no! He's oh no! Not not the not the not the flaming that, basketball. Come on, bro. Come on, man. That's that's legacy. Come on, bro. man. Yeah, it's so. Uh, I I like what he brought to the table this year. I'd like to see him back in a in a affordable. Yes. Affordable role. Uh, I could see him getting as much as two, three, maybe four million next year. Uh, I think this year he made one point eight million, one point nine million. Uh, this year he made. I'm sorry, he made three point no, yeah. six million. I don't think he'll be getting that again. If he does, it'll be a little bit less. I could see him getting. He's, maybe, he's made a good amount of money throughout yeah. his career. I'm looking at it now. He's made fifty million dollars throughout his career. And he's only so, twenty eight. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah, and the thing that I really like about Mo, and again, this is one of the the sad parts of not being a playoff team is Mo is someone who's been in the playoffs before. Uh, I believe he's been four times with Portland in his he, career. He's been four times with Portland in his career. Uh, and he's, you know, he's played 25 minutes a game in all of those series. And he, you know, he's not been again, nothing spectacular. He's averaging nine, uh, nine points a game and four rebounds, nothing great shooting 30% from three on a, you know, on, in a good series, which isn't great, but uh, he's a guy who's been there before at a young age and knows uh, how to play in there. And that's something that watching these playoff games, you know, I'm personally really thankful. I don't think there there wasn't. There wasn't any chance the Kings were going to make this play-in. Um, but if by some miracle they would have won the play-in tournament or even – not even win, but I was even thinking during the play-in games, just like who would show up for us today? Like who could we? And I think I even texted you that I was because we were actually funny enough talking about uh, Marvin Bagley, or I was, and I was like, I think I would almost pencil in Marvin for a sixteen and eight in a play-in game. I just feel like very confident that in a big game he would show up. And which, which not everyone and that, would, yeah. not everyone would agree with you on that, but I no, I I, I, yeah. I I think he would too. I, I I truly feel like if you know he did it at Duke too, I think he'd show up. I definitely feel like he would show up. I feel like Marvin feels like a big game player. Buddy, 
I'm not entirely sure. I There's a good chance that, yeah, he hits four threes and scores 20 points a game, but I think there's also a chance, like we saw a lot of times this year, he goes one of nine or one of eight from three and whatever and is two of ten from the field. Um, I say all this to say I think Mo is the kind of guy that you put in the playoffs and, yeah, again, you're not going to ask him to be Harrison Barnes. You're not going to say – Man, if Mo Harkless can get a 16 and 8 tonight, then I think, you know, Mo's going to come in off the bench, give you really, really solid minutes, and he's not going to be a waste of space out there. And he's someone that you know you can rely on, which is great because, as hopefully we find out soon in the playoffs, you got to tighten that rotation down and you can really only put in players that you can trust and know are going to do good things with the basketball. Mo is one of those people. He's a very solid rotation piece. Uh, I think Monty did a very good job of adding rotation pieces. Like if the Kings were fully healthy down that stretch with De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and Bagley, that bench unit of DeLon Wright, Terrence yeah. Davis, Mo Harkless, I'm a big an fan of that. Player, yeah, yeah who, and, and who an next player. Yeah, uh, who, who knows? They could have used maybe one more. Yeah. Not Hassan Whiteside. It's got to be a big if it's going to be those yeah, guys. Not Hassan Whiteside, no. but uh, or Chemezi Metu, really, who we're about to talk about right now. Uh, no shot to no disrespect to Chemezi, but we need a proven uh, veteran, which mm-hmm. I guess we'll get into to Chemezi now anyway. Um, Chemezi is a guy I think you just talked about. You couldn't remember how they really got to have him be a part of yeah, the roster. How did he- he, he just kind of inserted himself. They signed him, and then they, they waived him or, or cut him. Then they brought him back like a couple of days later. Uh, he was on a two-way deal. Then they converted that into a, a full deal just at the end of the season. They gave him and uh, Damian Jones multi-year deals. I believe they're non-guaranteed. Uh, I have to check that right now. It's right here. 2020-21 uh, uh, it was partially guaranteed. 2021 and 22, and the next season, which is 2022-2023, Sorry, a lot of 2020s in there. Uh, they're not guaranteed. So he's he's on on the books for 1.7 million next season, 1.9 million in 2022, 2023, and those two years are not guaranteed. Um, that all comes after a season which he played the most basketball he's played in his career. He played in 36 games, started six times, uh, 13.6 minutes per game. That's w- almost three times more than his 5.8 minutes he was playing per game in, in uh, San Antonio last season. 6.3 points per game on 50% shooting, which is nice. 3.1 rebounds and 0.4 blocks per game as a six foot nine forward center. So initial thoughts on Shemezi. What do you got? I think Shemezi is one of those people that – I mean, I like the fact that he is aggressive and inst- immediately was aggressive when he came out. And I think that's why uh, Kings fans attached uh, attached to him so quickly because he came out and he was clearly not afraid. A lot of the times, and you know, you can say rightfully so or wrongfully so, guys will come in for the first time and be like how Ben McLemore was his entire rookie year and just look like they're terrified to have the ball in their hand. Um Chemezi Metu was not that. He was taking turnaround, mid-range jump shots. He was taking people off the dribble and pulling up. He was taking threes. He was not afraid. And he was uh, un- unembarrassed to be himself on the uh, on the basketball court. Sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. Um, a lot of the time, I found myself not liking a lot of the things he was doing because... I fell into 
well, yeah, he's doing these things, but does that mean he should be doing these things? And then when you put that side by side, when the King signed Damian Jones, I just, I couldn't see how you would rather have Metu over Jones. I just think, um, yes, it's great that Chemezi can do, it's kind of like Harry Giles, where it's like, it's great that Harry Giles can, you know, pass the ball on dime and he's got all these handles and all these things. But at the end of the day, like, the production is we just need you to impact winning and be the efficient be this efficient player and it's great that you can take people off the dribble and do all that that's not really what we need from your position yeah i, agree. I say all this to say i think chemezi will have to find his balance and if he can find the balance of hey i am in here getting quick efficient buckets but then also, oh, you think I can just do this? Like, I have a lot more to my game. That's where you can do it. But um, I could also just be ignorant and have an issue with the fact that he's trying to show us everything all at once as opposed to trying to figure out his game and then expanding from there. Yeah, he would He would do a couple things that it just seem like they're out of his, not talent uh, range per se, but like yeah. he tried to do a little too much at times, which – I like to see him be aggressive, like you just said. Uh, but I also like him to, to kind of go with his bread and butter, which uh, I think he's still kind of trying to figure out what that is. Like, yeah. what part of his game is he the like most useful as? He has a ton of bounce. He's crazy athletic. We saw him get up a couple times with some mm-hmm. big People dunks. People love throwing lobs to him. People love throwing lobs to him. He doesn't always finish him, but they love throwing lobs <laughs> to him. Uh, you know, over the last five games of the season, I think we saw a lot from him. He He played 30 minutes per game. Uh, that was the most basketball he's played in his career. 12.8 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, 1.4 assists, uh, 46% from the field, and 42% from three-point range. He played very well down the last couple games of the year when the Kings were still in that that hunt. Um, I'm not going to take a lot from that. No, I'm, I'm saying like that's that's great and all. It's just, is that who he is? I don't, I don't think it is really. He'll never get um, those minutes. No, if he does, it's, it's a problem. <laughs> it's a real problem. If he's playing 30 minutes per game, it's kind of a problem. Uh, we could be wrong. He could be like a, maybe he's a Rashawn Holmes in a few years. You never know. Rashawn was kind of in a similar yeah. spot uh, when he was when he was Chemezi's age. He's kind of like a fringe rotation player. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this year, I guess. Rashawn was playing in rotations in Philadelphia and Phoenix. Uh, Chemezi mm-hmm. hadn't even cracked a rotation until yeah, this year. that's true. So Chemezi, uh, if I have to give him a grade, I'll give him a C. C maybe C. Just straight C. Like he... he he looked fine. I mean, finishing the season with six and three on fifty percent shooting, that's that's kind of a win in my book on a mm-hmm. guy who was on a two way deal to begin the season. Uh, out of all those guys who are kind of two ways or fringe rotational players, I say he played the best out of all of them. If you're thinking about uh, Chemezi, Robert Woodard, Jamias Ramsey, Justin, I think that Chemezi had the best season out of all those guys, wouldn't you say? Yes, but also with that, with the opportunity, I that's mean, true. Justin James was not. Hey, he was dropped given plenty he dro- of opportunity. He dropped thirty. He did bro. Drop thirty. Um, my big. Also, I, I, I never really thought about this, but and it could be my my problem of expecting the player to be this, but uh, I kind of expected Chemezi to come in and be a little bit better of a rim protector. He was able to, for sure, get some pretty memorable blocks, but um, I would have liked to see him. You know, you really use that athleticism and. And uh, almost, you know, be a defensive anchor. I'm not entirely sure you can play him at center, which is an issue. I feel like it, if he's going to play on the court, he's got to kind of be, you know, like your your small ball center. 
uh, and I'm not entirely sure he's physical enough or feels like he is that. I I need him to, to rebound more and play more defense and for, rebound for as sure. Well. Yeah, the, the rebounds definitely a big thing uh, as well. Per 36 minutes last season, uh, 8.3 rebounds is not going to cut it. Um, it's just yeah. per 36 minutes is not going to cut it. Um, Whereas like in San Antonio, he was averaging 19.9 points and 11.3 rebounds per game, but he also only played 18 games. So uh, he is very athletic. He needs to rebound more. He's never been much of a defensive player. Uh, I left, I'd have to look at his college yeah. stats, but uh, this was the most blocks he ever averaged in his career, and it was 0. 0.5. Uh, he averaged 0. 0.2 or 0. 0.3 with, with yeah, San Antonio. I just feel like he should be getting a block a game. He like, should be getting a block a game, I think. Um like in college, or his, near a you know one or point eight or something, you know. His college stats: he had fifty nine blocks in thirty four games. That's pretty good. I mean, that, yeah, that's that's almost I mean, that's two. Block, blo- yeah. that's almost two blocks per. That's also like a block and a half per game. So, uh, need more out of him on the defensive end. He's a guy I, I really want to watch in summer league. I hope he plays in summer league. Mm. Um, he'll be like probably the yeah. I was the anchor say, of the. He seems like the type the, of dude who's probably too good for summer league, but also like. He should be in summer league. He needs league. to be in summer league. He's 24. He just turned 24 in March. Uh, he's only played in 47, or I'm sorry, uh, 83 career 83. games in the NBA. He's played one season. He needs to be in summer league, um, especially if he's on a non-guaranteed contract, which mm-hmm. I think you'll see a lot of those guys, uh, like if Justin James returns, those guys who might be in their third, fourth year, but they need to play summer league. Um, you know, Depending on who they draft this summer, he might be their starting power forward or center on the, um, on the yeah. team. One of them, he'll be he'll be the starting power forward center on the summer league team for sure. Um, Can't wait. Would you like to see him back next back year? Back in Vegas? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, again, I'm not sure how many minutes. I think I, I we talked about this before, but how many minutes in an ideal world, Chemezi gets? Um, man, I don't know. Like if he's playing ten minutes a game, I guess I'm okay with that. But even then, I'd like him to be my third center. Um, he he's a good energy guy. Uh, again, if he can kind of just rim run um, and figure out how to be efficient and effective and not really have to get that involved in offense because, frankly, if Chemezi Metu is playing 10 minutes and you know those eight of those minutes are with De'Aaron Fox, I would prefer De'Aaron Fox to get a lot of those shots as opposed to Chemezi. So you know, if he can figure out how to get more lobs and just how to be more effective around the rim – uh, that would be something I'd like to see. Yeah, I'm gonna I mean, give him. I don't think I gave him a grade. I'll give him. A, I'll give him a C. I, think he, C I don't think he, did he have Harkless grade. Uh, I don't think I did. I'll give Mo a. I'll give Mo a B. Okay, Chris four more points. If Mo. Chris was a teacher, he'd be the guy that gets your your test back. Like I had bad grades, so well, not bad grades. I was always a B and C student. So same. Yeah, same. I'm not a brainiac, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, any other thoughts on those guys uh, before we move on? Any more thoughts? Um... Obviously, in the offseason, we'll talk more about Marvin and that whole situation. That's the biggest storyline. But, I mean, as for today, just on the season. No, no thoughts. Um, How about weird number, Tremezi, 25? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Troutlaw. I think the only other Uh, king I can think of that war that was Travis Outlaw. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm nitpicking there. I'm not even nitpicking. I'm just 
Barry Bonds? I just said something You're not on your Barry Bonds? Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, that's why it's a baseball number, bro. You it is a baseball number, I yeah. think. I don't think it's even a football number. Like Reggie Bush wore 25, I think, didn't he? Man, uh, oh boy, did he. Yes, but now NFL has the rule where you can pick whatever number you want. Not whatever number, but that's like right. DBs can be seven. and You, you can wear whatever yeah. number you want. Yeah, you, I'm not sure get, if run, I think running backs can as well. Can you so be like I number think, 78 as a running back? Like, no. So, like, they still have – it can be one to two. 29 or whatever. I think running backs would be 1 to 49. Yeah. And then receivers are like 1 to 19 and then 80 to 89. You can't be number 33 and be a receiver? No, I guess not. Well, interesting. I don't know. Well, I remember in like high school sports, I think you can't be no you, you can't be like number 17 or 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 nineteen, really? it has to be like you can have it like on two hands, like for the ref to like signal oh, to the. Oh, like so, like, so you can't go one, it, yeah. and then five and five two. It'd be like one, 17. two, three, four, five, yeah. and then it go up to like ten, eleven, twelve. Gotcha. Interesting. Thirteen. Wow, the more you know. Yeah, it just it was strange. All right, you're twenty two. Anyways, um, NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs are in full swing. The Kings are not a part of them. I'm not sure if anyone out there is watching the playoffs. Mm. We are uh, – some series could end as soon as tomorrow. Actually, three series could end as soon as tomorrow, I believe. Uh, tonight, which is Tuesday, we're looking at the Brooklyn Nets, Boston Celtics. That series could end tonight. But there are some good series also. The Blazers and Nuggets are tied at two games apiece. Lakers and Suns are tied at two games apiece. Um, then tomorrow, obviously, the Wizards could be eliminated. The Knicks could be eliminated. Sorry, Knicks. Grizzlies could be eliminated, and then the uh, obviously the, the series, I think that is most on everyone's watch list right now. Probably the Mavericks Clippers right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, just kind of series by series, Chris, I'll ask you, how you feeling about these series? Uh, do you want to go by the list, or do you have any thoughts you want to kind of jump out and, and talk no, about? No, let's just go down the list. All right, it's obviously the, the one that's done... Uh, <laughs> Milwaukee, Miami, Milwaukee, yeah. just they look a little different this year. They look like they they've come to play. Yeah. They're pretty deep. I kind of like their game right now. Definitely, and uh, for them to come out and just really dog Miami like that, really, really impressive. Emphasis I mean, on dog. Emphasis on dog. They dog. They them. like really, really. Uh, game one was probably the closest one. And that's, that tends to happen because both teams feel like they have an equal shot at, at winning it all. And so you can give it all for the first game, but you got to come back out and do it four more times uh, at least. And yeah, that game was kind of a tease. Three more times. I was excited that. for that series after game one. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, it's going to be a good, a good series. Mm-hmm. Good, tough series. But I know last year Miami got their number, mm-hmm. and it just ne- it never seemed close again. No, and I think the biggest reason for that is Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday was amazing in that entire series and was pestering people left and right. Also, Chris Middleton came up huge. Uh, he hit the game winner. Was that game two or is that game one where he hit, I think it was game one where, yeah, where he, had, he hit the game he winner. Go ahead. Uh, I don't uh, go ahead, but like a, a put it like and, a, a good night uh, yeah, bucket. Yeah. Um, yeah. Big things for the bucks. That's exactly what you want to see. You want to see those three guys all be great. Um, and moving forward. I mean, that's really going to be the key to their success is if they can get one of drew holiday or Chris Middleton up to the level of the other superstars they're going to be playing against. 
and uh, I'll, I'll use that to transition into the Brooklyn series, well, which quick, is go about, ahead. Yeah. Before, do you think that losing Dante is going to hurt them at all? Because he's he's going to be out. I don't know if yeah. he'll be back. I think no. He, I think it said he's going to be missing the rest of the postseason, mm-hmm. which uh, is not good for Milwaukee. Because they, they have Bryn Forbes, and uh, they have Bryn Forbes, who is fine offensively, but defensively, I mean, Dante is in a. I, I don't. I don't, I don't even know how to how to categorize where he is. He's a very above average uh, defender, uh, and he's somebody that Milwaukee again, like we like we've been talking about. There's he's somebody that they close with. Like he is in their closing lineup. He's someone that they trust uh, to guard. Like you know the the Drogiches of the world. The you know next series he probably would have guarded one of Kyrie or or uh, or James Harden. And that's going to be really, really big for them because now it's going to put a lot of weight defensively on the shoulders of Drew Holiday, and we'll see what that does to his offensive game because they're really, really going to need him. Yeah, definitely. And also, I mean, Planet Pat, Pat Connaughton. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can maybe – Pat plays really, really tough, and you can probably get you know 10 good minutes out of him, but well, if you're going to play him for 20, 25. Well, it's like we talked about how if Mo Harkless and, and – uh, you know, Chemezi are playing 25 minutes. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. And if Pat Connaughton's playing like 25, 30 minutes, uh, that's a problem. Yeah. Bryn Forbes, like you said, offensively, guy's nails. He, he Ridiculous. 7 of 14 Unreal. from 3 Unreal. last game. Putting him and Giannis in a pick and roll is is actually cheat code. But that's not going to, I mean, defensively. You know, it's Chris, no. you know who they do have on their bench they could put in to a... Uh... Don't know. <laughs> Shut. Stop. 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 Because we honestly, I need to figure out how he even got to the team. Because last I heard, he was swimming around in OKC and just flout, not even getting minutes for the worst team in the league. And now, God bless him, but Justin Jackson's just sitting on the sideline in Milwaukee uh, in a sweatshirt. He played a minute last game. No, though. he did not. He I didn't see. I played, didn't see that minute. See, I he, turned it off. By he then. played one minute and he just ran sprints. No field goal attempts. No rebounds. Points. Pulled blocks, the Tony nothing. Snell. He pulled the Tony Snell over, over sixty seconds. He just ran a sprint. Uh, I think they're that they're to, to finish off this uh, the series is over. Obviously, but Milwaukee gets the winner. They get the winner of uh, of Brooklyn. So. Again, facing Brooklyn, who, I mean, that's the next series we're going to talk buzzsaw about. Buzzsaw at this moment. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn's a buzzsaw, but obviously, I think losing Dante is going to be a, it, not, it's not the the takeaway, complete yeah. takeaway, but, but you lose depth and you have yeah. to put up Pat Connaughton in the starting lineup. And again, like we talked about, Pat Connaughton in 10, 15 minutes. Great. Uh, nice depth. Pat Connaughton in the starting lineup playing 25 minutes, 20, whatever. No. Uh, anyways. It'll be a fun series. Brooklyn, I think, will put away uh, that Boston series tonight. Uh, they play at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Jason Tatum scoring 50 was was yeah. awesome to watch. But other and than it that, still almost wasn't enough. It still almost wasn't enough. I mean, it's so like, yeah, Brooklyn just too good. Brooklyn too good. Boston too hurt. Um, I, man, They're done. I don't know. Yeah, it, no, they are done. And I'm trying to think if the rest of this playoffs is done as well. Um, really? You think Brooklyn's it, huh? Man, I just – Philadelphia has looked fine. Uh, they well, obviously lost last game. Is Embiid game okay? Against, I, from everything I hear, he, he's going to be uh, fine in the grand scheme of things, but I, I haven't heard his status for game five. You didn't call your guy with Philadelphia? No, I didn't. I, I, I didn't 
didn't reach I was out to him. Trying to think of who would be an insider in Philly. He's having an MRI. Yeah, obviously it, he's rumored to be fine after yeah. Game Four. Okay, I mean, sort the sources are bro. Trust me, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't bro, know. Trust me, bro. Trust me. He's but fine. Th- I think it's a fun series though. If if um if Philly can get past Atlanta, obviously and get to the conference finals. That's yeah. that's because again. Moving, I mean, do you want to talk about the Brooklyn Boston series anymore? I mean, no, that I mean, I, there's nothing to say. I was just going to talk about Brooklyn to say that the only way I could see Milwaukee beating them is if somehow they could get, I mean, even to be competitive, they have to get one of Middleton or uh, Holiday oh. into the top four players of that series. So at the end of the day, if you're like, all right, who who's the best player in that series? It's probably either going to be Kevin Durant or Giannis. That one of those two, they'll at least be top three. The key for Milwaukee will be if they can make one of James Harden or Kyrie less effective and make Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton that player that is more impactful uh, than their three. Because if those three continue to be at their best and you can't slow them down. Then, then it's it's going to be a wrap because even if you decide, okay, let them go off and we'll stop Joe Harris, those three are just going to be enough with their offense. Their offensive will, their offensive firepower is insane. They put up that 141-point effort against Boston the other day. Maybe I'm just shook off of that, but that was, <clears throat> that was, uh, that was crazy to watch. No, definitely, but obviously they didn't take care of business tonight so they can get some rest. I know that you know Kevin Durant and James Harden; those guys coming off injuries um, needs needs to be. You know, resting. Kevin Durant looks fine. I'll tell you that he's. I believe he's leading the playoffs in in points. Uh, yeah, points he per is. game. I think twenty eight point six. I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, any uh, thoughts on the? I mean, we'll ha- we'll talk about the fan stuff later. I guess that's going to be the, what we end with the fan stuff. So we'll, I'll yep. save the the stepping on the the logo yeah. thing for a little later. Um, yeah, uh, that brings us to Atlanta and New York. That series Man, was my favorite at the beginning, and it just it fizzled out. Yeah, Julius Randle hasn't showed up, which nope. is unfortunate. Um, Sad end to a they're, season. They're doing a good job. I mean, Atlanta's so talented. Like their 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 offensive firepower is wild. Like Trey Young is a guaranteed thirty and ten. Uh, Bogies hit some really really big shots. Capella's been nothing but solid for them. He's he's you know so far hasn't been exposed we'll see how that goes moving forward but uh yeah it's just kind of a matter of the knicks aren't able to take advantage of anything yeah, the because knicks their deep. offense is trash and they aren't really that deep yeah. and they're mitching they're mitching they're, they're mitching they're mis- mitching missile missile <laughs> they're uh, missing mitchell robinson a lot too who for some reason tweeted an eye emoji before game three really and people thought he was going to come back and it just didn't it was very strange uh but yeah, I mean Atlanta has too many weapons. Uh, they'll they'll be fun. I think it'll be fun when Philly, if they, you know, yeah. I'm assuming they move on unless Embiid misses time mm-hmm. and Russell Westbrook leads a a miraculous 3-0 comeback. But did you see Russ's stat line the other game? Yeah, he was 19 points, three or he was I think 21 points, three of 19 from the field, 21 rebounds and. Like nineteen assists or something yeah, man. stupid. I mean, say we can say what we want about Russ. Like, he, I mean, he, he's been he's done a great job with Washington. Like he yeah. definitely he really has done a good job this year, and um, he deserves some MVP MVP votes. He's not going to get them, but he deserves some MVP votes because the guy's averaged a triple double for four years now. I think. Um, 
So, yeah. Anyways, he's a tryhard. He's the uh, definition of a tryhard. That's kind of transitioning, <laughs> I guess, into the Philly-Washington series. I mean, again, well, with the Atlanta series, I think Atlanta's going to win that in five or six. I mean, it's, it's yeah, going to be Yeah, it's definitely looking that way. Yeah. So, unless Derrick Rose can lead a miraculous comeback here. Who, he's been playing great, by the way. He has been playing great. And that's gonna, been really fun to see. And he's going to get paid, really, I think. really want I, – oh, I feel like it was on our podcast. You I want Derrick Rose? I wanted Derrick Rose to be our backup point guard. Maybe he will. And it didn't happen. Maybe he will. He'd be too expensive. No, He'll be way too expensive. Now, he, he he's playing like old Derrick Rose right now. He is, yeah. So, uh, anyways, it'll be sad to see you go, Knicks. Uh, not really. I don't really care. No. Uh, Philly, Washington. We just kind of talked about that a little bit. Uh, gentleman sweep. Gentleman sweep, I think. I think it'll be over I think tomorrow. Uh, not much really there other than that. No, um, Philly's just way too big. Yeah. Uh, Utah, Memphis. Gentleman sweep as well. You know, I don't know. Memphis has really played them hard. Like they have. it's been really, really it was a good tough game last night. Yeah, good game they, last they've night. earned it, and like they've, they're the right eight seed to to play. They and are. it's funny that they didn't win. I guess the play in they technically yeah. like got the consolation. Do you in think the Golden so, State? So that's what I was going to say. Is I I think would have played Golden, as well. I don't think they would have. I think they probably would have gotten swept. They probably would have won a game just off of some crazy Steph Curry stuff. But legitimately, in every single game, the Grizzlies not in every game. I think game two was a blowout. I can't. Remember. Yeah, game two was a blowout. Yeah, but uh, in in just about every game, the Grizzlies have really really competed up until late in the fourth, and then Utah. Just manages to pull a pull away. Well, they have JV to throw it at exactly. Gobert, and yeah. like who do, who would Golden yeah. State have had, or who would we have had? I mean, we have Rashawn. Well, like exactly. if anyone would, if the people that were trying to make the plan, mm-hmm. like Memphis was the they are, they earned the eight yes. seed, and they deserve it because they are the they're the eighth best team in the West, yeah. in my opinion, uh, and maybe even the seventh. I mean, maybe they might even be playing Phoenix better than the Lakers. If the Lakers lose AD, mm-hmm. I mean, but anyways, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to no, that. Definitely. But but Memphis has played them really well. Um, I I think that they still get gentlemen swept, but yeah. uh, I would not be surprised if they won one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're definitely fighting, and uh, I think it's concerning for Utah because I'm sure other teams are looking at that, and especially, I mean, either the Clips or the Mavericks are going to watch what the Grizzlies are doing to Utah and have to feel really, really good about their chances if they play them. Because, I mean, they're making they're showing – and I think we talked about it again last week that Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, if you can get him pulled out and switched onto other defenders, it then creates a situation for Quinn Snyder where he has to decide, okay, at what point is this not beneficial for us to have Rudy on the court? And if you can take him off the court, it makes Utah a completely different Create team. Create some space under the and basket. And also, I mean, Jordan Clarkson hasn't been – the Jordan Clarkson, the sixth man, sixth Jordan man Clarkson. I think last night the he award had his, winners yeah. are off to a bad uh, play. Sorry, yeah, uh, Jordan Clarkson uh, Jordan and Clarkson, Julius Randle. Even Monty Williams went down two one. Yep, yep. And I mean, hey, I guess we'll talk about that one. Two two now. AD out at least for the next game. I I don't know if he. I think he's probably out for longer than that. Um, but we'll see if they lose. <laughs> I'd say now. I have to say, I think the Lakers are done. Might be a cold take. I think the Lakers are done though. If AD's not playing, they're not going to win. That might be a cold take. Sorry, everybody that likes the Lakers. I don't know why you like the Lakers listening to this podcast, but uh, Phoenix, they're too good, man. I'm really thinking about it, and I mean, by no means would I ever root for the Lakers, but if you are rooting for the Lakers, you need the guys 
<laughs> you need the guys that are supposed to be good and supposed to make your team overall, you know, like a good team. They they need to step up. Like Montrez Harrell is a good player. We've seen Montrez Harrell have really good impact for those Clipper teams in the past and even have impact for the Lakers this season. He needs to step up. Andre Drummond, this is why you were brought in. Bro, you were sat for a month. What was it? it was because wild. you were apparently so good that you would have ruined like, – You've been waiting for this moment to be in the playoffs and to be needed. It's like 10 years. Go do your 2020 stuff now, please, because they need it. Yep. Dennis Schroeder turned down an extension at the beginning of the season for $100 million. (sighs) He thinks he is a $100 million player, and someone will pay him that. Step up. Go do it. Step up, because y'all need – LeBron needs help. LeBron scored, I think, 25, 12, and 9 yeah, in Casey, that game. And KCP's out, too. I think two starters are out. Do you hear Step the, up! Do you hear the music? Is that the Lakers music? It's, I hear? it's Ben McLemore's yeah, music. Ben McLemore's music. Time to save the oh day. Oh, my gosh. If Ben McLemore is the answer to the Lakers, and for we have to hear on – if they have a first take segment about Ben McLemore's impact. Leading the Lakers to an NBA championship oh by shooting 40% from three and averaging oh like 13 a game. my goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this series still will be like really fun and competitive over the next couple games. Um, I like that Den- both Denver and Portland and the Lakers and Suns are going to go at least six games. That's mm-hmm. fun. I do like that. Um, and, of course, the Clippers and Mavericks. But uh, I still think the, the Suns probably give this in six games. I really can't call it unless I know if AD's, AD's health. I mean, if AD's not healthy, it's it's probably going to go six. But... I still can't see the. I can still. I shouldn't say I can't see the Lakers losing. I can still see the Lakers pulling it out in seven. In seven, with the healthy AD in six I and mean, seven. Yeah, I, I'm even trying to think. I, I'm trying to talk myself out of believing that they can win without him. I think that there's still a chance for them to win. Without I don't him. have much faith. I'm not, not faith in the Suns, and I'm not really. And that's Lakers, really what I, it's boiling down to. Is my faith in the Suns is incredibly low. I don't like the Lakers either. Like I like LeBron, which maybe love people LeBron. don't. Maybe, I maybe love people, LeBron. Yeah, maybe no one wants to hear that. And if you, I really whatever, struggle but, to watch the Lakers because I, like I love LeBron and just find myself not rooting for his demise. And, and he's also he's never lost in the first round ever. Yeah, never. Yeah. So might be the first time. Could be. Might not. Probably won't. But could be. At, I, at this point, actually, I would say probably will. Would you whoa sneezing about it? Would you say that the Lakers are well, I guess if AD's out, then it's it's probably going to end. I'd say if AD is not playing, it's hard for me to see like we talked about yes. Drummond and Schroeder and and uh and Harold. Don't forget Taylor Horton Tucker. Taylor Horton Tucker, uh former cyclone like our boy Tyrese Halliburton, uh Ben McLemore, Jared Dudley, uh I just yeah. I jeez. Caruso. When you put it like that, <laughs> I, I, I just I'm sorry. I, I don't see it happening. Um, but I don't know. I what guess, if Chris Paul gets hurt? I mean, or, or continues to levels, be ailed. It levels the playing field. It levels the playing field. But uh, I just still think that Phoenix has too much talent to to let it to let this thing slip away. If Benny. if AD's not playing, but we'll see tonight. Tonight will be very telling. If the, if the Suns win tonight, Lakers are you know back into to a corner, and maybe AD plays hurt. I don't know. But that's what I would guess. Yeah. Uh, next two two series, Denver and Portland. 
How are we feeling? That's tough, man. This is not. This is not the betting man series. No, I, I have no idea which way I'm leaning on this one. Uh, unlike the other two two series, I know exactly where I'm leaning. But this one, I have to say, if I'm gonna, if I was a betting man, which we have friends that do it, we uh, have friends, we have friends that we know very well, accomplices. Uh, I would say I think Denver pulls it out. See, that's how I feel deep down. Like I feel like that's going to be the result. But Portland, like, this is literally what they do. Like, they pull people's hearts out in the playoffs. And I don't really see – it's kind of set up for them to do it again. Like, this is this is how Damian Lillard does it. He gets it to six, gets it to seven, and he'll hit that game-winning dagger because there's one team that has Damian Lillard and the other one doesn't. Um, and this – I don't know. I just can't shake that. I can't shake – that being the case, because the Nuggets are really, unfortunately, with with the injury of Jamal Murray, they're set up perfectly for it, where they can't really do anything to guard guards, and that's where Portland shines. And uh, I've actually been really impressed with Carmelo's play. I didn't think he would still be able to have as big of an impact as he's as he's had. Um, well, you, have, you have a good point because Portland should be at three one, but yeah. they let that Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. Explosion. And they're that game away from being three. They're that exactly. away from being three one. And also about Melo. Melo's mm-hmm. been awesome. Been this has awesome. been like a very like D Rose, mm-hmm. Melo, uh LeBron. TBT. These guys yeah, it's a lot of throwback here. Like Melo's been awesome and, and all that uh, we needed was Trevor Reza to go stupid. Trevor Reza <laughs> couldn't couldn't uh couldn't lift, hold up his weight, bro. couldn't lift Miami up. Yeah. But uh Melo's been fun. Yeah, Portland, I, I do think I totally agree with what you're saying. I do think that Portland is like very you know, capable of ripping yeah. their hearts out, but I just think the Joker, man, the, the Joker. He's going to be uh, the MVP. He's going to be the MVP. Uh, if Austin Rivers keeps pulling this beep, well, um, and that's really it. Like, I mean, that's what they need is they just need Austin to score fifteen to twenty a game. And funny enough, is Austin Rivers is kind of built for that. Like, it's what he's he's hasn't done it multiple times throughout his career, but he has had instances where he has shown up. Very big in the biggest moments, and scoring's never been an issue for him. So, if they can really, or if he can really, I say, fill Jamal more Jamal Murray's role as a scorer, that's kind of where Jokic is going to have to be the MVP of MVPs and uh, really, really take the playmaking portion of uh, of their offense. Put some respect and, on Composo. Yeah. Well, Composo's played great too, yeah, but Homeboy well. is Homeboy's really, really small and is going to get exposed. I mean, he bugs he, he, me. He's got big Composo time. Composo is not the Damian Lillard stopper. Big time Matthew Del Vadova 2015-2016 energy. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, uh, so you're leaning, you're, you're leaning Portland then. I'm leaning Portland, but I still can't. I still feel like Denver is the better team. I think Denver's a better team. I think if I had to pick, I'd say Denver, but. Um, it's by a, a hair. Like mm-hmm. I, I think Portland is capable of winning the series. And again, tonight, like like the Lakers and Suns, will know tonight. I mean, you go up three two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I saw today. There's like an. Uh, oh man, I don't want to get it wrong. Actually, I don't want to talk about teams. No, I mean who who blows three two leads in the playoffs, right? I mean, we didn't. Yeah, blow, who we, does we, that? we definitely Jeez. didn't. We definitely didn't do that. In a home and a road game. Yeah, yeah. we didn't do that. Um, I'm sorry, road and home game. Yeah. Um, Even though one. How do fixed. you feel about? Um, like the percentages after, like it's after every single game. Like, oh, in a two-one series, the team that wins game four is 
75 percent of the so, time wins the. I, I always that, think those are interesting because it's like it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, like it makes you feel good if you're the team that's up, and obviously mm-hmm. it makes you feel. But when it comes down to it, but like exactly at the end of the anything. day, it doesn't mean anything because you could just add to that 23 percent that didn't like you know, like the odd the the the, the stats of the stats and the numbers of the numbers and. I get that, and I do like knowing, like, in they're mostly right, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mostly, mostly, exactly. But they're also wrong sometimes. Uh, well, we what have, was it when what was it when the Cavs were up or down three one? No yeah, one had exactly. ever come no. back from three one of the yep. finals. So, yep. Until so until somebody. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, we have three two two series right here, and I if I had to guess, winner of a game, what is it, this would be game five. Is probably like sixty six percent of the time wins the series. Well, sixty six. I'm not great at math, but I happen to know that's two thirds. We have three Boom. series. That means which one of these series game five winners is still going to blow it? We don't know, obviously. Uh, but I don't know. That's just the that's that I've been seeing uh, those numbers fly on my screen more than ever. I feel like this year and. It's just something I know. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 when it comes down to it, it things are gonna me, not meant to be broken. I guess that's for yeah. rules, but uh, norms are gonna be broken. So people yeah. that are down three one, we'll, we'll see three zero. Like I know the most famous three zero comeback is uh, Boston. It was Boston beating my Yankees? But uh, we're gonna see it at some point in the NBA. It's going to happen. Like the same way we saw a sixteen seed beat a one seed in college uh, basketball. Uh, we've seen three zero comebacks in hockey. Uh, it's going to happen. It's so. going to happen. I mean, if you play enough games, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. A eventually. 16 seed beat a one seed in yes. college basketball. Kyle Guy yeah. was on that team, Virginia, Virginia yes, which Virginia. is crazy. It's really, and really, if you really think about it, it's a 136th seed or something like that beat a one seed. Because it was the number one overall seed lost to the last overall seed. Then they came back and won a natty the next yeah. year. but No big deal. Uh, anyways, uh, last series. Which is uh, I know where I'm leaning on this one. Clippers and Dallas. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going. I think the Clippers are gonna. Yeah, they're gonna you think put this comeback's away. legit. I, I I think that they figured it out. They they also have too much talent to to lose to this mm-hmm. Dallas team. Who, in my opinion, they just aren't that deep. They're just not that deep. No. They're they're a he- completely healthy. Which I know Luca has the neck thing and he's feeling better. Yeah, but he didn't look. Bad. He looked. He looked like he was having a hurt. tough he, time. He says he's a lot better and he he has a day off today too. And then tomorrow they play, yeah. but. Uh, Kawhi, PG, uh, Pandemic P. They're Kawhi is playing out of Kawhi is nuts. Mind Kawhi is (laughs) is not Kawhi is nuts. Yeah. Uh, so I think that this one's gonna be. I'd say Clippers and six. It's definitely feeling that way, and it feels like. I mean, when you lose two home games in a row, you definitely feel completely deflated. Ask the Clippers last week. Um, but by that same token, this. Things could turn, you know. Dallas wins this game; they're one game away from from clearing them out. Do I see that happening? No, I, I do agree with you. I think the Clippers probably win this in six. I think they have figured it out. I think um, in the games that Dallas did win, it was the best case scenario for them. I mean, they were shooting the lights out. Luca was hitting everything under the sun. Porzingis was even giving them something. My boy Tim Hardaway Jr. was giving he had a buckets. Very, yep, he had a very nice. Uh, uh, very but nice since game. then, I mean, the the Clippers really. You know, the Clippers have been talking for a year and a half now about how they can just flip the switch and they're ready and they're, you know, they're they're a 
playoff whatever monster and can like they like I said flip the switch whenever they want even though they have never shown the ability to flip said switch. Yeah. They have finally flipped said switch and I don't know what happened but they started really caring defensively. They're flying out on shooters. They're not letting Tim get open. Maxi Kleba has been useless um pretty much just getting dunked on by Kawhi. Um and yeah, the past two games I think I don't love Ty Lue, but I think he made the proper adjustments and and uh yeah, it seems like seems like that's just gonna be Kawhi and Paul George taking over. I agree. However, we are not leaving I will leave the door open a little bit for Pandemic P to show up. <sighs> Pandemic P. Because if he comes out and just can't get you know because him and Kawhi do have to combine for sixty points. Which in order they, for which, them to have a which chance. they can do and should do every yeah. night. Yeah. They're they should be especially able to do in that. the playoffs. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're they're yeah. also going to need Reggie Jackson and Markeith Morris or whichever Marcus. I don't know which one. I they think have. they I have, think have Marcus. Marcus. I think they have Marcus. Yeah, um, Marcus Morris and um, Zubac. Speaking too. of Bob Morris, back to Lake Markeith uh, on the Lakers. They need to, he needs to kind of yeah. step up too. So, yeah. um, what do you got for them? Do you, do you have do you have Mavericks and seven? Or, <laughs> no, sorry, I got, I've got Clippers and, and Clippers. You need the, you need Clippers the Mavericks. and six. No, I think Clippers and six. I don't think the Mavericks get another one. No, I don't either. Are they in L.A. tomorrow? Yes, they are. They're in L.A. tomorrow and then Dallas uh, for back game in six. Dallas for game six. Yeah, I could maybe see Dallas maybe winning game six at home, but I think I just think it's done. So, uh, Anywho, that's all for the playoff talk. Do you want to end with a couple thoughts? Just a, We don't have to get too into it. Just a couple thoughts on the uh, – like we talked about with Jason Ross uh. off the air. What the hell is going on with fans right now, man? Like, why are people thinking they're so tough they can go fight a professional athlete or or throw things? I mean, what the hell are they thinking now? We've been seeing it happen in, in the know. NBA on a, on a uh, minor league baseball game. People are rushing the pitcher. And, and, like, what are we doing? People running on the floor in the Wizards game. Like, what are we doing? I don't know. Many have hypothesized that it's because we've been locked in for so long that, you know, we just pretty much forgot how to act. I do think there's a part of that for sure. I think uh, I think people just <laughs> don't care about social norms anymore. I mean, uh, clearly there's a large readjustment period to being in a crowd. I expected that. I expected, you know, the first time I go to a concert to really look around and be like, boy, this is strange. But uh, that did not cause me to think, boy, I wonder if this means I could run on the stage. Um, I don't quite get the the thought process, but people are definitely wilding out. I mean, yeah, we saw the fan dump popcorn on Russell Westbrook. We saw uh, the fan throw – I shouldn't even call them fans because they're lunatics. They're just people who yep. are trying to go out and party and went to a basketball game. Um, the dude who threw the water bottle – at Kyrie Irving, the dude who ran on the, the floor the, and yeah, touched the, the backboard. Oh, I, I f- completely forgot about that. Yeah, the dude who ran on the floor in Philadelphia or in uh, in Washington D.C. And then even last night, like you said, the the uh, the fan in the Double A baseball game that ran onto the Tried pitcher's to mound with the pitcher because he hit a batter, and then he got his ass ran over by the third baseman yeah. to get the hell out of just here. Just wild, just absolutely wild stuff. I don't know what's going on with people. Um, Honestly, people don't want to act. See, here's the thing, and like they're going to cause. It's like children. I mean, adults need to be treated like like children. Like you really need to. Like they're going to get it taken away. They're going to get their privileges taken away for other people. Like I could see this leading to. I mean, when rash things happen, people make rash decisions, and maybe 
beer isn't sold anymore at games or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, they, they know, cut like, off the third quarter. Maybe they say, hey, you know what? Cut I, it off for, at halftime or something. For further notice because people don't know how to act. We're, mm-hmm. we're shutting down our – you know, and that loses money from a different – I mean, a couple avenues. You lose yeah. money at the games, and, and I'm sure you have deals and stuff like that with yeah. – uh, but you'll lose a lot more money may, if the may, athletes aren't happy or, with playing in front of fans. Maybe they cut off and say at halftime or like after mm-hmm. the first quarter you have to get, I mean they they might put some restrictions in place or like we talked about off off the air pushing back the fans like how things were taped off and mm-hmm. uh tarped off maybe that never goes maybe things never go back to the way they were Floor-side maybe they, seats don't maybe, exist anymore. Maybe they cut off that first low mm-hmm. couple hundred and say no more being near the floor ever well, again. you think about a football field and we, I mean, ex- with the exception of really like college football and the Super Bowl, people don't really storm the field often. Uh, and I would say part of that is because the fans are so put, there's a whole scene on the field, you know, things, there's a whole bench on each side and cheerleaders and all this stuff. And obviously security lined uh, around the entire thing. Not that there's not in the NBA arenas, but um, again, I just think that they're going to cause extreme circumstances uh, are going to cause, you know, extreme reactions. And uh, it's all going to be about player safety. And at the end of the day, that's what the teams care about the most. So, you know, I think we were maybe saying, like, maybe if it happens this game, next game they won't allow fans in. I don't know if it'll go to that extreme because they'll probably lose a lot of money and have a lot of super upset people. But exactly. Um, I don't know. I, I, and I don't know how do you do you think there's any solution to it? I mean, a lot people that are a lot more smart, you know, a lot smarter than I am, are going to figure it out. But uh, for for now, no. I mean, it's it just pe- people need to be better. I mean, there should, we shouldn't have to even think about this stuff. Just r- rushing the floor, throwing things at professional athletes, like like uh, Kyrie did say, it, it's like it's like we're like we're a zoo animals or something. It's like, dude, yeah, like what the hell? Yeah. They're people. Like they're they're people. <laughs> Well, they're, I think this not... extends also to people yelling as well because, I mean, you go to a game and people will yell, Kyrie is whatever, whatever the hell. I remember yeah. I, even as something as – I remember I went to a, a Kings Nuggets game and this fool, the entire game, the entire – and this was like two years ago. The entire game was yelling, Paul Millsap, you're washed. The whole game. And it's – Jamal Murray's playing, Nikola Jokic is playing, whoever, whatever. This fool decided to pick on Paul Millsap all game. He's never met Paul. I don't know. He clearly had some vendetta against Paul Millsap. But I just say this to say, like, that's not fun. Like, if so, if so, while we're doing this podcast, Matt George is just outside the studio room being like, Frankie, I hate your takes. Like, they're trash. Oh, 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 good, good take, dude. Oh, nice. Oh, bro, sick transition there between topics, bro. Like, that's, it's not cool. It's just not a chill thing. It's not something people would normally do. And people feel the audacity to do it in an arena because they don't feel like they're going to get came up on and get their ass beat. They're, exactly. Or they feel, well, it, yeah, I don't There's know. a point when you're, when you're criticizing someone's work, like, you are fair to, like, be mad at when Shaq could make free throws. Or, yes, for or, sure. Or uh, when Ben McLemore was shooting 30%. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, you're not performing at your job mm-hmm. the way you should be performing. Yeah. But then when you go out and be a total ass and, like, you run on the floor or you scream things about people's families or you Does or there... you tweet at people's families or, or you, yeah. you go harass their – so it's like, at what point, like – or you just a horrible person. Like you could, 
There is that. Like, as what are well. you doing? I mean, if you get here's another thing too. If you get seventeen thousand people in a building, I guarantee you're going to get five people who are not chill. And yeah. that's just the that's just how society's numbers work. Uh, do we as fans in the stands need to do like? Is there some onus on us to stop people like that guy from being like? I think so. Like, and, do and, people need to turn around and be like, bro, like. Relax. And people did that with the uh, the Westbrook incident when people poured yeah. popcorn on him. Yeah, uh, they like pointed that guy out immediately. Yeah, they said, they said, it was that like idiot over there. Mm-hmm. So I think people are going to be holding other people accountable for stuff like that for sure, uh, because people that are real fans, they no, care about no, they care. That's they, the thing. They care about if the you really people. care about the teams and the players, you're not heckling because I mean you just I never, you're thinking I never about have. other stuff. In my life, anywhere. I've heckled Chuck Hayes before. That's that, okay. was, that is literally well, the only player kind of that I have I mean. out loud been like, you're bad. I uh, I only ever heckled anybody. I'm like, I'm too, I don't know. I'm just not very, I'm not like that. I just I don't, don't get it. Like I In just, any sport. You, you personally, like, you seem like an ass to everyone around you. I always think, like, is this guy just yelling, being like, dude, Everyone's looking at me right they now, being like, "That guy gets it." That dude. guy's hilarious. That dude. guy, freaking hilarious, bro. Very, very rarely they're, do people yell things out, and it actually is funny. There are like funny ones, like where people are just they're like they're doing funny. it, and like they're, they're doing yeah. it in just like for fun, like like uh, at an outfielder. Yeah, I see you scratching like your butt or something. Yeah. Like they do funny stuff, and like uh, yeah. the, the outfielder will interact with the with the fan. Like it's it's like hey, like. I was with your wife last night. Or it's yeah. like, it's not, that's not like funny or cool. Yeah. But like when you say like fun things, yes. like and you're having like, it's not yes. banter. Hateful. Yeah. It's not hateful. It's like, you scratch yeah. your ass. It's like, yeah. that's funny. But it's, it's not when you're saying like, hey, like I'm going to come down there and like, yeah, kill you or something. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. People say horrible things. Like, and even like in, in Boston like with Adam Jones a couple of years ago, like, Racially fueled things. People are yelling. You're yelling racially fueled things out there in a pub. What's the matter? Yeah. People are just like, just, you just don't know how to act. Like you're just not a good person. You're out there yelling insensitive things, racially insensitive to people's family, like any of that stuff. Yeah. Like you have no place in being not even at a public sporting event, just anywhere out in like society in general. Like mm-hmm. if you're just, if your heart is that full of that much hate. And I think we've seen a lot of people like lately that are just full of hate. Like, yeah. Um, well, and maybe it's like looked at as like, oh, it was a funny thing. The kid threw a water bottle. It's like, oh, okay, no. Like he wasn't assaulting Kyrie Irving with a deadly weapon by throwing a water bottle at him. But the point that this guy is sitting in the stands at a NBA basketball game, yeah, throwing a water bottle at a professional athlete for no reason other than he doesn't like him as a basketball yeah. player. It's just I mean, not acceptable. It. it it's also just like take the professional athlete out. Like, what if this happened at a high school basketball game? I'm sure it has. It's just not chill. Like it all of a sudden. Like then it just seems like did that guy just throw a water bottle at a high schooler? Like that's that. It's I don't know. At some there's point, just a, no way that's happening. But somebody. It's all. There's a lot of aspects of this because it's also. People view these – and we can get into a whole – this can be a two-hour podcast. Yeah. People get into this thing of these people aren't even real. And they're just – like Kyrie said, they're like zoo animals where they're here for display. And things I yell, things I do, things I tweet at them, they don't see it. It doesn't actually affect them. But – and that's because they themselves are so small of a person that they don't see – 
the grand significance of I don't want to get way too deep here, but the grand significance of life and like, bro, like you are hitting up an actual person's phone and regardless of whether you think they see it or not, because, oh, that's LeBron James. Like there's no way he checks his Twitter account. Maybe not, but also maybe like, and he might see it and it might really mess probably not LeBron's day up, but you know, somebody who isn't used to dealing with that level of fame. I can't remember who told me this, but if somebody hit you up bro, right now and was like Frankie Cardicelli, like he's got his own podcast. He just, the last episode they did had the most listeners ever that they've ever had before. Like he's not going to check his replies. Frank, I hate your podcast. You're trash. Which is, I mean, people out there telling you today, people have said mean stuff to me before. Does it mean stuff to you? I mean, it's going to happen when you're, when you have a job, um, you know, let alone like an NBA player, but someone who even covers an NBA team, people want a reason to get angry and get upset, and uh, and they think the, it's your the, fault. <laughs> the players in the media are like their outlet. Like yeah. there, it's somewhat. So you're not screaming to avoid. You scream at the players, or you scream at the media, or you scream at people that work for the team, because um, you want to be heard and you want your frustrations to be acknowledged. And uh, I get that. We're fans Notice of teams. Me. I want. I wanted to rip my TV apart last night and go grab the entire Yankee By team way, and say, hey, for everyone, the, the damn ball. The Yankees lost to the Tigers Shut two days up. ago. Was it the Shut up. Six? Sorry. Shut up. Remember when Corey Kluber threw a no-hitter, dude? Yeah. That was sick. You know what? Corey, I don't mind. Whatever. <laughs> the point is, uh, I'm not going to go on Twitter and scream at the Yankees, hey, like, screw you and your family. Yeah. Like, I hate you. It's just like, you know what? They're tr- they don't want They're to trying. they don't yeah, want I to do that. <laughs> they don't want to lose, yeah. man. They don't they don't want to get get uh get what two runs on the board for like yeah. the fifth game in a row. They want to score thirteen runs and, yeah. and win. Like the same reason the Kings everyone wants to win. Going on to social media or going to a game and throwing things or rut whatever, it's not constructive. It's just not. And if you don't get that, you're an idiot. And I think yes. a majority of people do get that, but if you're someone who likes to go on Twitter and just start saying like, "Hey, I'm gonna say horrible things to like Harrison Barnes and his family, or or uh, Kyrie Irving and his wife, or wh- whoever," like you're just a piece of trash. Like you're just a bad person. Yeah. There's no other way to really resonate. Other Waste than of that, space. That you are a bad person if you're gonna go and take shots at someone's family or just themselves in general because they had a bad night playing basketball or any other sport. Like just because they made you upset. Yes. Who the hell are you? Yeah. So you throw a water bottle or rush the floor. You're a dumbass. You just need to get something bigger in your life. Yeah. And, like, my thing has always been, like, if you're really that upset at your team, play video games, man. It's a great escape. It's a great outlet. Play video you, games. I promise yeah. you, for the most part, if you're just simulating, you can do whatever you want. Okay? You can you can trade Harrison Barnes for, for Zaza Pachulia if you want, if you're so sick of him. Uh, Are you frustrated? Go break rocks or other rocks. Boom. Go throw yep. go throw rocks at uh, I don't a water. Know, a lake. A, wa- a lake of a body of water. <laughs> go scream into a pillow. Don't harass yeah. famous people who don't even know who you are just because you're sad. You want to be noticed. Yeah. Notice me. Tell you what you shouldn't do to uh make yourself feel better is order <laughs> order Popeyes. Popeyes at, you know, seven o'clock on a hundred and sixty day. Uh anyway, that's all I got. I mean, be nice. Just be nice to people, be nice to Professional athletes, be nice to people that work for sports teams, be nice to people who write or podcast about sports teams. Uh, Specifically you know, the Sacramento Kings. We're nice guys. Uh, and just be a good person. That's, that's really all we can do. That's all we can do, Chris. It's the bare minimum, at least. Uh, yeah. Do you have a uh, – is that it? Is, do you have anything else? That's all I got, um, man. That's all I got. Uh, 
Yeah. yeah. Next I, week we'll be doing small forwards. Next week, small forwards, uh, some Harrison Barnes talk. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing even on the horizon for for non-playoff teams for a while, I think, until the lottery, um, which is in June. June 22nd, I believe. Mid-June. So we're coming up on that in a couple weeks. Uh, the Kings got the number nine spot. nine nine uh, the ninth best chan- uh, odds of moving up into the top uh, number one. Yep. They have a twenty point five percent chance of moving in the top four, which I think are that's pretty good, pretty good, pretty pretty good. Pretty, so we probably won't good. talk about that next week, but probably in the week after that, um, because that lottery. Will be on uh, Sunday. We'll it be is on a June. Sunday. That's kind of crazy. We're yes. in June. We folks. are in June, folk. Um, so get ready because actually, very very soon we're going to have Kings basketball, summer league basketball. Yep. Um, about a month and a half. In about a month and a oh, half. No, it got moved. It's August now, I think. Oh, it is. Of yeah. The NBA it's, uh, it's early August. Yeah. And Olympics. We'll mm-hmm. watch some Olympic basketball. That'll be awesome. Yeah. Probably won't have. No, definitely won't oh, have anybody well, unless they give Harrison Barnes it, Harrison, a random. Nod, Harrison but. could make. I think Harrison has a good chance of making it. Honestly, because I don't know if that many people don't want to play in the Olympics. There. We'll see. I mean, I think LeBron said he was interested. So it's his last one, he can play. Yeah. Melo, I wouldn't count him out of playing in the Olympics, but I don't think he was on that invite list. But He's been in four Olympics, I think, so far. Four. Mm. Uh, he's a bronze and three golds. Wow. Good for Mello. Masevano. Masevano. Um, so we're going to stay Masevano for the rest of the week. Uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you all had a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you to all those who served. If you listen to the podcast or if you know anyone who served, make sure to thank Shout out to my brother. Service. Shout out to Frank's brother. Um, shout out to Pfizer. Shout out to uh, Pfizer. Or Moderna, or, or Moderna, or J&J. Even, you know, you know anyone out there that's uh, you know making the world a safer place. Everyone making the world a safer place. We will all be set free in two weeks. Uh, June fifteenth is the date that everyone has marked down on their calendar. Correct for for when everyone's yep. free. June fifteenth, my pool, our little pool down the street will be open, and I'm very excited about Beautiful. that. Beautiful, can't wait for that. Wait for that. So. Uh, be looking out for live from Frank's pool in a couple weeks. But until then, until next week, actually, uh, this has been Chris Watkins, Frankie Cardicelli, yep. Turn of the Roar podcast. Thank you for listening. Peace.